Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for those of us uh, who are here in the warehouse and all those who are joining us through the internet. We thank you, Lord, uh, those in this country and those in different countries around the world. We welcome everyone who's listening. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for breaking bondages, for the liberty of Jesus Christ, pure freedom bursting forth by your Spirit during our time together today, that every listening ear would hear, that every seeing eye would see the freedom and liberty and life that Christ brings. We thank you for new life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we want to uh, encourage you wherever you're at, to grab a hold of what Christ has for you today. Uh, I'm not interested in religious tradition, and I'm not interested in going to church. I stopped going to church back in 1989. I became the church. Hallelujah. We love love to gather corporately. Hallelujah. But we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere we go, there's church, right? And corporate gatherings are essential to fulfill God's calling in our lives. We are those who've been called out of this world to gather and assemble for God's purpose, the ecclesia. We're those who've been called to establish God's government everywhere we go. His government brings liberty and healing. His government brings joy and peace. His government brings strength and clear vision. His government makes deaf ears hear and blind eyes see. His government makes the lame leap and the dumb sing for joy. His government makes the maimed whole. His government makes the addict free. Hallelujah. There are no limits to what his government will do in your life. And don't get discouraged by the government of man. The government I'm talking about is pure and holy and righteous. It's, it's, it's built upon pure love. It can't be corrupted. And it's for you today through simple faith in Jesus Christ. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage uh, those who may not be here in person. And there are uh, some in this region, obviously, but there are also some who are living in different parts of the country. We, from coast to coast, we know we have uh, viewers all the way on the West Coast, and we have viewers on the East Coast. And uh, we want to encourage you, if there's not a uh, church that you can go to where you're getting the fullness of the gospel, where they're telling you how healed you are, how strong you are, how blessed and prosperous you are in Christ, where they're not teaching you how to live the abundant life, we invite you to make Highway your home church through the Internet. Go ahead and do it. Fully participate. Plug in. Grab a hold of everything that that the Lord is doing uh, through this body of believers. We're going to uh, do our best to give you the whole story. To let you know that Jesus came, that you might have life and life abundantly, that God is good. He's not 
causing bad things to happen, and he's not allowing bad things to happen. He's a good father. And, and if you hear anyone teaching that, you, you may as well change the channel because it's not true. Jesus taught us very clearly that Satan is the God of this world. And you can know what's from God and what's from Satan by what Jesus came against. What did Jesus rebuke? He rebuked storms. Oh, I, I, I'm so sad when I hear Christians say God is in the storm. That there's not one ounce of truth in that. Jesus rebuked storms because he knew they weren't from his Father. Satan sends storms to keep you from moving forward, but we don't listen to him, do we? We rebuke the storm. Jesus rebuked sickness and disease. He rebuked uh, religious piety, right? Hallelujah. So we, we're, we're against what he's against, and we're for what he's for, right? What's he for? Wholeness, freedom, strength, liberty, prosperity, Hallelujah. We're in a series right now. We started last week. It's called Made to Praise. Made to Praise. And that's you and that's me. We've been made to praise Him. Let's read some scriptures as we continue in this series. And we'll see that the Bible is just overflowing with exhortations to praise Him. And I'm understanding praise like I've never understood it before in my life. Even as of last week, I'm seeing things about praising him that I've never seen before. Psalm, let's go to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. What's the largest book in the Bible? The book of Psalms, yeah. How many chapters are in the book of Psalms? 150, yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? What's the longest chapter in the Bible? Psalm 119, yeah. Important book, isn't it? Verse 1 of Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're so good. We thank you and bless you. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Hallelujah. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice. Excuse me. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. He never gets tired. He never gets weary. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face evermore. Remember His marvelous works. He put all of your sicknesses and diseases and sin on His Son. And with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you're healed. Remember His marvelous works, which He has done. His wonders and the judgments of His mouth. He speaks in it so. He gives life to the dead. He calls that which does not exist into existence. Psalm 103, just go back a couple. Made to praise. Bless the Lord, verse 1, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord. Who's the psalmist talking to? Himself, right? We talk to ourselves all day long. Don't we? 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Every little corner, every little uh, uh, hallway, every little um, space and compartment of me, bless his name. Every dream, every desire, every affection, bless his name. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, in case you didn't hear me the first time, and forget not all his benefits. It's amazing how forgetful the flesh can be. You have to remind your body how healed you are every day. You have to remind your mind, remind your mind. I don't think I ever said that before. You have to remind, remind your mind that you have a new mind, the mind of Christ, that you have a sound mind. You'll never have Alzheimer's. You'll never have dementia. You have a sound mind. You have a sound mind. Christ came to give you a sound mind for the rest of your lives, all your days. Sound, healthy, sharp, and clear. You have to remind yourself, your soul and your body, who you are in Christ because of what He did for you. Forget not all His benefits. So even though Jesus did these things, if you don't remind yourself of them, you're not going to experience them. What did he do? Forgave. Now this is in present tense. This was Old Testament. Christ hadn't been crucified yet, right? When you're reading the Bible, always be mindful, what time period is this I'm reading in? Was Christ crucified yet? If it's before the cross, it's a whole different context. We're not before the cross. We're not during the cross. We're after the resurrection. We're after the Holy Spirit's come. We're in the book of Acts. Know the context that you're living in. So for us, this is past tense. It's already done. So there's no need to ask God for things He's already done. It's up to us to learn what He's done and believe it and walk in it and rejoice in it and enjoy it for the rest of our days. Who's forgiven all your iniquities. Who's healed all your diseases. Who has redeemed your life from destruction. Is destruction allowed near you? A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. Not going to come near you. But what makes you so special? The name of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus is upon me. He did this for me. It's already done. Who's crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Can you see my crown of loving kindness and tender mercies? It's beautiful, isn't it? Did I jump ahead? What did I do? Oh, they're not following. Verse Can you follow along with me back there? Yeah, keep your focus on the Scriptures. Let's keep going. I just read verse 4. Let's go to verse 5. Who satisfies. He satisfied my mouth with good things. All that Jesus did for me. Right? So that my youth is renewed like the eagle's. Elihu, in Job, prophesies of what Christ would do. In chapter 33, I believe, 
He says that because a mediator uh, is coming, and we don't have time to read it right now, that, that, that God will give us His righteousness. And because of that righteousness, that God will restore to us the days of our youth, that our flesh will become fresher than a child's. Fresh flesh. <laughs> Fresher flesh than a child's. Hallelujah. It's good to praise Him, isn't it? You learn things when you begin to praise Him. Things that are not from this world, things that this world can't do for you, become a reality to you as you begin to worship Him. Now, do you remember what it means to praise the Lord, P-R-A-I-S-E. The word praise in English comes from the Latin word, which means price, like a price tag. Yeah. Everything has a price, doesn't it? Nothing is priceless. I know, what is that? American Express has a priceless commercial, but the truth is everything does have a price. You may not be able to estimate what that is. But God estimated what the price was for our wholeness, and it was the price of His Son. Price. And praise comes from the word price. It means to set a price on. To determine a value for. To appraise what something is worth. Like you would appraise something that you're going to sell on Marketplace, Right? How much can I get for this? 40 bucks? How about 41? Maybe 41.50. <laughs> we appraise things. You know, we're appraising things every day. We're estimating the value of things every day. So when we're exhorted to praise the Lord, we're exhorted to determine His value in our lives. Now, His value is beyond what we could ever comprehend. But we won't experience that if we don't determine His value personally in our lives. So we're not setting a price on God. Right? He's the King of Kings. Remember I said our praise doesn't elevate God. Right? We're not doing this to elevate Him. He is who He is and that will never change. Right? He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Our praise elevates our appraisal of Him. Elevates our awareness of Him. Elevates our confidence in Him. Praise is for us, right? Praise is to lift us up so that we can step into the reality of who He is. So that we can walk in what He's done for us. Psalm 103, that's exactly what it's for. So you can speak this in a past tense reality knowing that He did it for you. Hallelujah. We're appraising God every day. We're appraising our family every day. We're appraising our friends every day. We're appraising our work every day. You're, you're, you're an appraiser. Did you know that? We're deciding how important things are to us every day. We don't even think about it. It could be that something was important to us last week really doesn't matter much this week, right? It changes, but we're regularly appraising God and His value to us is steadily increasing. 
If there was a chart of his worth to us in our personal estimation, it should be a steady lie. In other words, every, every breath I take, he becomes more important to me. Every step I take, every move I make, I value him more. He becomes more real to me every time I inhale. He becomes more real to me every bite I take of every breakfast I eat. Right? So if we were to look at a chart of our praise of Him, it should be steadily increasing. Right? It really shouldn't be one of these deals. It should just be there. Right? Steadily increasing. Nothing changes our value of Him. Nothing, I should say, nothing decreases it, right? Our value does change of him. It gets higher. He becomes more important to us, right? Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So did you know God invites you to appraise him? Just like uh, you would invite someone to appraise your home. Have you ever had your home appraised? And, and, and uh, someone who's knowledgeable in the value of homes and what, what the current market is and even on your street will come to your home and they'll ha- they will come inside and look at every room and take pictures. They want to know the dimensions of every room. They want to know the features of your home. They want to know how many bedrooms you have. Are you on town water? Do you have a well? Do you have a septic system? They want to appraise your home and give it a, a value that is proper if they're a good appraiser, right? And they'll measure. We had our home appraised recently, and he, he had two measuring tapes. And he went around the outside of the home, and he even measured the bay window that comes out of our kitchen. And he measured it. It comes out like this, you know. He measured that. He wanted to be accurate. How accurate is your measurement of God? How accurately have you appraised Him? Have you seen His kitchen? Have you seen His master bath? Oh, His backyard will knock you out. He invites us to measure Him, to appraise Him, to examine Him, to inspect Him. And see how good he is. Let's look at a few places. There are many at God's invitation for our appraisal. Let's go to Psalm 34. Praise the Lord. We're made to examine God. We're made to appraise him. We're made to determine his value in the market of our lives. Psalm 34. Verse 8, oh, taste. It's an invitation, right? When you have people over for Thanksgiving, you want them to taste what you've prepared. They don't know how long it took. And you're not asking them to consider how long it took. You're not telling them about the money that you spent to purchase that dinner. 
and the years and years of experience that you put in to know how to prepare that dinner and how many hours it took to plan and cook it. You just want them to taste it. God is inviting us to experience Him. To sit down at the table of His salvation in the presence of our enemies and eat the bread of life. Taste and see (laughs) that the Lord is sometimes good, but sometimes He'll bring a tragedy into your life to teach you something. Why would a minister ever declare that from their pulpit? Because they're not good appraisers of God. Have you ever had a bad appraiser? They appraise what you own and you know their estimation is way below what it's really worth. Because they didn't have a knowledge of of that they're appraising. There are a lot of bad appraisers in pulpits who are declaring things about God that are way below Him. That are not true about Him. Jesus taught us he's a good father in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. He'll never harm you. He'll never hurt you. If if someone tells you something is from God, ask yourself the question, would you do that to your child? If the answer is no, you know he's never going to do that to you. Isn't that simple? Yeah, religious tradition makes God really complicated. Jesus makes him really simple. I'll stay with Jesus. How about you? Taste and see that the Lord is good. When is He good? All the time. Is there ever a moment in time when He wasn't good? Do you realize if there was just 10 seconds when He wasn't good, He wouldn't be God? If He just lapsed for a split second, His godness would cease. When we say He's God, we're saying He's good. It's the same thing. Just add an O. You understand that? When we say you're God, we're saying you're good forever. You've always been good. You're good now and you always will be good. When we say you're God, we're saying you're unchanging. Taste and see that the Lord is unchanging. Appraise Him as unchanging. You know, things that, that hold their value. Right? There are certain automobiles you could buy that hold their value better than others, right? There are certain gems and stones you can buy that will hold their value. God holds His value. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Blessed is the man that trusts in Him. The message translation says it this way, open your mouth. Hallelujah, I give you all the glory, Lord, and I worship you. Open your mouth. And taste, open your eyes, and see how good God is. Blessed are you who run to Him. The New Century Version says, examine And see how good the Lord is. The best way to do that is to study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And here's God's Zillow. You remember, right? Here's where you can appraise God at right here. Right? Examine the goodness of God. The best way to do that is study Jesus in the Scriptures. 
Examine, see how good the Lord is. Happy is the person who appraises him accurately, who estimates his value properly. You can tell if you're appraising the Lord properly if you're happy. If you're not happy, your appraisal is not correct. If you're not happy, you've appraised your circumstances. You've set a higher value on your circumstances than you have on your heavenly Father. <laughs> you've set a higher value on the word of politicians in the media than you've set on the word of your heavenly Father. So a good appraiser is a happy appraiser. I like when, when someone shows up and they know what they're doing. And you can just tell. They, they have a way they carry themselves. I'm not talking about arrogance. I said just being sure and confident. You'll carry that with you when you appraise him as he is. There will be a sureness about you. Not a cockiness, not an arrogance, but a boldness in the face of the enemy. Because you've appraised your father as unchanging. You've assessed that he's for you, never against you. That he is the shield of your life. That his faithful promises are your armor and your protection. That he's watching over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. That no harm or evil will ever befall you. You've appraised him. You know what you're doing now. In Isaiah chapter 40, another invitation, one of my favorites. Isaiah chapter 40, and Isaiah you'll hear me refer to as the fifth gospel because it's just overflowing with Jesus. It's, it's just full of prophecies of what Jesus would do for us. Isaiah 40, verse 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard that homes like yours are selling for such and such a price? Do you not know the value of the creator of the ends of the earth? Have you not heard the everlasting God? Same as unchanging, right? The Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. Oh, that's impossible. That's impossible. No, that's our Father. See, when you appraise Him properly, things that used to look impossible don't look impossible anymore. You know you can do it because he's infusing you with his impossible strength. Hallelujah. Thank you. He doesn't become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. It's a fun word. Inscrutable. Fun. Let's all say it. Inscrutable. What does it mean? Sounds like a word you'd, I don't know. Inscrutable. Yeah, it's a good scrabble. Can you imagine spelling that one? How many points would that be worth? Woo. That's it. We're playing today. I'm taking you on. My wife is Queen Scrabble. Just saying. She's amazing. <laughs> what does inscrutable mean? 
cannot be penetrated with human reasoning. The mind of the flesh can't handle it. He gives strength. What? He, the one who doesn't grow weary or tired, he gives. When you appraise him properly, you'll know he gives. He doesn't take away. He gives strength to the weary. So if you're weary, hallelujah, receive his strength. He gives strength to the weary. And to him who lacks, so lacks not from him, is it? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. What are ministers teaching today? The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. He adds no sorrow to it. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. To he who lacks, he pushes him down further. Woo, let's praise him. No, it's not what the Bible teaches. To him who lacks, what does he do? He, to him who lacks might, he increases power. He turns up the power in their life. That's why Paul said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. <laughs> when I've reached the end of what I can do, a new gear shows up. Isn't this good? Though youths grow weary and tired, And vigorous young men stumble badly. Verse 31 in the Amplified. But those who wait for the Lord. Now, don't misunderstand what's being said here. The Amplified helps us. This is not like you're waiting for a bus. This is like you're waiting upon Him as if He were sitting at your table. In other words, you're attentive to Him. You're focused on His desires. Your confidence is in Him. Those who are attentive to the Lord, those who expect from the Lord, those who look for the Lord, not what the media is saying, those who look for the Lord. And by the way, if you're looking uh, to the Word of man, you're not going to have this kind of strength. It'll sap it right out of you. Because man is ignorant and foolish and corrupt. Just saying. We've all blown it, right? But if you're listening to media, you're listening to the gospel of corruption. (laughs) I use that word facetiously gospel. It's no gospel at all. You're getting reports of man's short-sightedness, man's fleshly reasoning, and it's amplified with hot technology and, and, and blasting around the world through the airwaves. But it's not for me. How about you? It's not for me. I'm not interested. I'm not on that channel. Those who expect from the Lord, who look for the Lord, who hope confidently in Him, shall change and renew their strength 
and power. Need an oil change? Here you go. They shall lift their wings and mount up close to God. Remember, praise lifts us up, right? As eagles mount up to the sun, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. And this is, I mean, God's teaching me a lot about this. I have to watch if I start to become tired, I know that I'm not trusting Him in some way. If I find myself getting tired and weary, it doesn't take long. I, I, I haven't been trusting Him in that area. I think it's up to me to pay the bills. I think it's up to me to get where I want to get to or where I need to get to in life. Right? I think it's on me. And that will wear you out. It might take several years, but sooner or later something's going to give. It pays to trust Him. So we're appraisers of God. Now, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers should be expert appraisers. Right? They should tell you exactly who he is and what he's done for you and who you are in him. That's the ministry gift, right? That's what we're for, to, to build you up in the reality of what he's done for you. Hallelujah. So as disciples of Christ, all of us are to be expert appraisers of him, Right? As disciples of Christ, we examine what He's done for us regularly. And I need you to understand, those listening at home, I need you to understand this. What God has done for you, as off the charts as it is, you will not experience it consistently if you're not examining it regularly in the Scriptures. Okay? You, we've got to examine. And now, naturally speaking, the value of things changes, right? The market has a shift. Something happens, and now what used to be worth $100 is worth, you know, 87 What used to be worth 100 is worth 112 right? Mark, well, circumstances, uh, situations may change uh, in our daily lives, but if we're examining what He's done for us, we are unchanged by the changing circumstances around us. We walk in permanent victory is what I'm trying to say. The value of what Christ has done for us will not change, but if we're not meditating in it, examining it regularly, speaking it over our lives, we won't experience it. I've had amazing times with God in my life. But it's like, you know, I walk away from that quiet time that I've just spent with him. And, you know, something happens and all of a sudden it seems like that quiet time didn't even matter. That's just flesh. That's just your flesh wanting to react. Nothing's changed. You're the, you're the new creation in Christ he made you to be. He's given you the victory. So your flesh, you can't go by that. You can't go by your soul, your emotions. You have to train them to be unchanging. And that never stops. You'll get, see, when you first start doing it, it really seems difficult. It's not difficult. 
But when you start telling your flesh what to do and your emotions how to feel, they'll fight you. I've been feeling this way for 10 years, and I'm not going to stop now. You're going to praise him because you're healed. I have this condition. My mom had it. My grandma had it, and I've got it. And No, you're healed. He bore it. You're healed. Body, you're healed. But you know, and you have this, and you're taking that, and you're doing I'm healed. Body, you're healed. But you've been clinically diagnosed, and, and you're clinically this. and cl- No, I'm healed. Mind your sound. I will never say I'm depressed again, no matter what anyone else says. Joy is my new nature. The joy of the Lord is the atmosphere I live in. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So when you first start doing it, your flesh and, and emotions will recoil like, what's going on? Stop, stop. But you just keep doing it, and they'll start saying, oh, I kind of like this. Oh, okay. It may take some time, but eventually start to like it. And they start responding to it. And they'll start expecting it. Your flesh and your soul will start expecting your spirit to speak the word. That's the transition that happens. But we, this is something we walk in and do regularly. Right. It's not like you do this once, you have a great uh, you know, worship service and you're all set. <laughs> We're growing in this, yeah. right? right? Remember? Stronger and stronger. So we're passionately appraising him. We're passionately examining Christ in the scriptures. We can't get enough. We're searching for messages like you're hearing right now. We purpose to go to a church like the one you're attending that teaches us these things. Because it increases our value. It lifts us up. It enables us to see the reality. So I won't go to a church that doesn't teach these things. I love them. I pray for them. But I mean, I, I might go once for an, an event or something. But I've, I've got a destiny to fulfill. I can't uh, regularly attend uh, a body of believers where the fullness of the gospel, the finished work of Christ, is not imparted to me. Hello. Hosea chapter 6. Where's Hosea at anyway? It's in the Old Testament. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Hosea. Hosea, can you see? (laughs) I remember my grandpa telling me a joke when I was a kid. He said uh, someone took uh, one of their friends from Mexico to a baseball game. And uh, at the beginning of the game, Uh, they uh, all stood up and sang the national anthem, and his friend from Mexico just smiled and said, this is such a nice country. They really want to know how I'm doing. And they said, Jose, can you see? (laughs) His name was Jose. That was one of my grandpa's jokes. And my name's Joseph, so it would be Jose in Spanish. Hosea, (laughs) 6 verse 3. Let us know, personally experience. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. 
His going forth is as certain as the dawn. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain on the earth. <laughs> the Amplified says, yes, let us know. Don't be ignorant anymore. Let us personally experience Him. Let us recognize, become acquainted with, and understand Him. Let us be zealous to know the Lord. We're not zealous for tradition, religious tradition and doctrine. We're zealous to know Him. And if any religious tradition hinders that, we move that aside and we go after Jesus. Right? Let us be zealous to know the Lord, to appreciate, appraise, give heed to, and cherish Him. His going forth is prepared and certain as the dawn. The message translation says, we're ready to study God. <laughs> we're eager for God knowledge. We're passionate for God knowledge. I shared with you before uh, the different forms of media as they changed over the years. And, and when I first got saved, someone handed me a cassette tape back in the 80s of a message. And I'd listen to it and I'd see if it was in agreement with what Jesus was teaching. If it was, I'd listen to it over and over again. It impart life to me. If it wasn't, I'd give it back. You don't just listen to a message because it's a minister speaking. Remember, we're, good, we're wise farmers. We don't let bad seed in our garden from our last series. Listen to that series, okay? His word, your heart. But then technology changed. CDs came out. And cassettes kind of moved to the background. So I'd get CDs. Then you had the ability to take the message that was on the CD and rip that and put it on your hard drive of your computer. And then smartphones came out. And so what I did, well, here we are. I'm this is a Hosea. We're ready to study God. We're eager for God knowledge. So in my life, God knowledge was priority. Knowing Him, experiencing Him. You're following me? So I, I was just listening to a series yesterday that I probably had on cassette, CD, and then ripped on my computer from 20 years ago. I don't know how many years ago. And I was listening to it yesterday. Because it strengthens me. It's a, it's, a, it's a good appraiser of God, imparting life to me. So I took the time, I invested in the technology to get this word in my pocket. So I'm out jogging or doing what I'm doing, I can be listening to it. Hello. Come on, this is what we do. We're eager to hear about who we are in Christ. Not religious tradition, not some frustrated minister trying to figure out life, but the fullness of the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. We're ready to study God. We're eager for God knowledge as sure as the dawn breaks. So sure is His daily arrival. <laughs> Woo! He comes as rain comes, as spring rain, refreshing. The ground. <laughs> now, are you ready? That was just to get us warmed up. Now we're going to get into the message. Okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but listen, I was preparing your hearts for what I'm about to say. You have to do that. 
You can't just put seed on the ground. Birds will come and eat it. Wind will blow it away. You got to break up the ground. You got to till it. You got to plow it. You got to prepare the soil. That's what we just did. So our praise, because we're eager for God knowledge, we're passionately pursuing experiencing him in our daily lives. So our praise is inspired by our personal knowledge of him. We praise him because we've studied him. We're strong in the knowledge of who Jesus is, what he did for us, and who we are in him. And out of that knowledge, our mouth opens and says, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be unto your name. You are who you say you are. You've done what you said you've done. And we are who you say we are. Now, I want to look at one of my favorite appraisers in the Bible. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. So as we praise him, appraise, examine, and study him, our awareness of who he is, our confidence in what he's done regularly grows, steadily grows in us. And we begin to realize that he is perfect love. That he is perfect goodness. That he gives life to the dead, that he calls into existence things that don't exist, that he has no end and he has no beginning, that he's the alpha and the omega, that he knows the end from the beginning. And we know that if he just says it, it's so. See, this is where appraisal, praising him, will lead you to, will you come to the place in your life that you know just Because God says it, it's so. Just because God said it, it's mine. Just because God said it, I am. For no other reason. Just because He said it, I'm healed. For no other reason. Not my diet, not exercise, not my uh, DNA, not my history, not my family tree. Just because he said it, I'm healed. And I don't examine the symptoms, I examine Christ. So here's one of my favorite appraisers in Matthew chapter 8. We'll as well start at the beginning, verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, that's Jesus, great multitudes, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people followed him. I like to try and picture the Bible when I'm reading it. I said that to my wife this morning. I said, do you you see Jesus standing in front of you? See Jesus, be there. See him speaking to you. And behold, there came a leper. And worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, if it's your will, you can make me clean. Now, there's something wrong with this man's appraisal. This is not the one I wanted to get to. We'll get that in a second. This man was not a good appraiser of the Lord. Well, he did know he was powerful enough, and that's good. 
But this is what, what trips up so many. They don't know it's his will because they haven't had a good appraisal of him in their life. Of course it's his will. That's what he came for. Is it still his will? If it's not his will to heal you, just as it was his will to heal the leper, then he's not unchanging. I say that because there are some bad appraisers saying, well, he just did this to this one person to try and prove that he was God. No, he did this to this person because he loved him. Because he loves people and he loves you. And he's unchanging. And it's his will for you to be well. Right? How are we doing? Okay, still awake? We're having Thanksgiving, aren't we? It's a good meal. We're still eating. Right? We're still enjoying those hot potatoes and gravy. Come on. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. I love Jesus. Don't you love him? Do you see him touching you right now? Come on, see the hand, see Jesus standing in front of you and touching your face. Come on, receive it. There's healing right here, right now. You've got to be awake. Be awake. Someone needs that right now. Who is it? You've got to be awake. Someone needs that touch right now. Who is it? Is it online? Jesus standing right in front of you, touching you. There it is. Come on. Is it in the back? Where is it? It's like lower back, that area, towards the, the buttocks. That's all I see. I just see that lower spine. The hip bones in that area. Who is that? Someone in here? Lower back, right back here. Somewhere in here. Just, just receive that. Hallelujah. Come on, we're experiencing God. We're not in a church service. We're worshiping the maker of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, right there. Come on, someone. Receive that. God's not in a hurry. He wants you well. <laughs> Come on, if there's anything troubling your body right now, let the hand of Jesus touch your face and let his life flow from your face all throughout your, your head, down into your neck, through your shoulders, into your respiratory system, your, your heart, your lungs, your blood. <laughs> I will, it's my will, be clean. And immediately... His leprosy was cleansed. Come on, just jump. If that was you, just jump. Come on, just praise Him. Say, thank you, Lord, for touching me. Thank you for touching me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for your face upon me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I receive it. I receive your touch. And Jesus said unto him, See that you tell no man, go your way, show yourself unto the priests. Again, we're, the, old, the old covenant's still in effect right now, right? Jesus hadn't been raised yet. The gift that Moses commanded for a testimony. Okay, now we're getting to my favorite, one of my favorite appraisers. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him an appraiser. And he was a centurion by occupation. Beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus says, it's my will to come and heal him. Is he the same today? Or has he changed? If he's changed, he's not God. To say he's God is to say he's unchanging. Are you following me? 
My declared will, my declared will is to come and heal him. This expert appraiser of the word of God. Jesus is the word, isn't he? He's the living word. The Bible is the written word. This expert appraiser. So he spent time before he came to Jesus appraising Jesus. Sometimes you have to spend time appraising him before you pray. So that your prayers will be effective. Appraise him. Meditate on who he is before you pray. I will come and heal him. You see, to most people, it'll be like, yes, come on. But this guy was an expert appraiser. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. You should come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. All you have to do is say it. This is what Satan is trying to keep you from getting to. He'll try to you've got to go to so-and-so, and you've got to get 100,000 people to pray for you. And you've got to have this minister lay their hands on you. And you've got to change your diet. And you've got to do this. And you've got to go through this treatment. And you've got to just say it. Just say the word. And it's done. That is an excellent appraisal of God. And that is to be our appraisal of him. Just say it. If you've already said it, I know it's mine. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, I have been healed. That settles it. When you get an appraisal report, you read it. Right? You see how they came to that value, that conclusion. And then if anyone questions you about the value of your home, you show them the report. Satan's going to question you about the value of what God did for you. And anytime he tells you you're not healed, you show him the report. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 23, Mark 11, 22 through 24, John 15, 7 and 8, John 14, 12 through 14, Psalm 23, Psalm 91, Psalm 121, Psalm 34. Shall I go on? I've memorized my appraisal of him. All those, Psalm 34, memorized it. Just said it so much, memorized it. Psalm 91, memorized it. Psalm 121, memorized it. Psalm 103, memorized it. John 14, 12 through 14, memorized. John 15, 17, memorized it. John, Mark 11, 22 through 24, memorized it. Matthew 8, 17, memorized it. Why? I want to know my God. 
I don't want anyone to call into question, to cause me to question what he's done for me. We meditate on the appraiser's report. Whose report are you meditating on? Just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority. So he's recognizing that he's talking to the author of life. Authority, author. Having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And my servant, do this, and he did it, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. I like that. Isn't that good? He's amazed that this man has appraised him so accurately. And said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith known on in Israel. This guy wasn't in the nation of Israel. He was a foreigner to the covenant. But he was appraising God properly. <laughs> I've not found this not even in Israel. My people should know better. My people should be expert appraisers of me. They've seen me part the sea. They've seen me deliver them from bondage. They've seen me do all that I've done. They should be expert appraisers of me. Hallelujah. I say to you, many will come from the, the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. Those should be weeping. In other words, those who have not appraised me properly can't access my kingdom. And Jesus said unto the centurion, go, go your way, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Hallelujah. Wherever you're at in your appraisal of him, it's time to go higher. Amen. Online, wherever you're at in your appraisal of him, it's time to go higher. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See Jesus standing in front of you saying, I will be clean. I will be whole. I will. Your needs are met according to my riches in glory. We're made to praise him. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Help us to Develop an accurate appraisal of your glory, of your majesty, of your never-get-tired power, of your might and strength. Help us to see the reality of who we are today in you. Old things have passed away and all things have become new, that we are new creations in you that you have made us your very own sons and daughters, that as Jesus is, so are we in this world. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of his goodness, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Check out our website at josephbosco.com. US and begin living the abundant life he came to give you.